Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse. And before we dive into today's show, I have a couple of quick announcements. I just want to remind everyone that we are switching to podcast format for December. And so if you want to make sure not to miss a single show, you'll want to sign up to follow me on one of your favorite podcasting platforms, or better yet, go to holisticsexedradio.com and sign up to get on my mailing list. That way you will hear right from me every time we release a new episode. And the plan for the the new year, so basically what we're going to do is we're switching to podcast format. And we're going to slow the rolls a little bit on the interviews, at least through the winter months, as I work on some different projects. I have a book project or two that I want to get started on. And so I want to take some time and dive into those. So if you want to stay up to date on the things that I'm working on and new releases of shows, you'll definitely want to sign up for my mailing list. You can go to holisticsexedradio.com and sign up. And the last thing I want to tell you about is tonight is our... Uh, our pleasure class, we are holding a class on female pleasure, our master class. You can go to holisticsexedradio.com and sign up. It's $27. We're going to have probably 90 minutes, I would say, of training, education, questions. And we are, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So we're going to be looking at pictures and talking more about female pleasure and get into some of the more hands-on, nitty-gritty kind of stuff about pleasure that we haven't had a chance to talk about on the show so far. And also, I want to demonstrate, show the images that you obviously can't see because this is radio. So, you want to sign up for the masterclass that is tonight, November 19th. And yeah, so go to holisticsexedradio.com to sign up for that. And the final thing I want to tell you about is Time is running out. If you want a chance to win a Leia 2 vibrator, we are going to be giving that those away. There's three of them. We're going to be giving those away really soon. So go to Holistic Sex Ed Radio and sign up for a chance to win that. The drawing for that, I believe, I don't remember exactly what I put on the website, but it's right around the beginning of December. So very excited for that. All those, just go to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. You can sign up on the mailing list. You can sign up for the giveaway and register for the masterclass all about female pleasure. So now let's dive into today's interview. I am so excited. We are wrapping up our pleasure series. This is the final interview that we had slated for this particular series, which of course there are other episodes that I have done previously, which talk about like, for example, Olivia Bryant. Um, we have conversations around cervical orgasms. There are conversations with Willow Brown on Tantra, Lee Holden on Taoist sexual secrets. So yeah, there's lots of great episodes, lots of really fantastic information that you can go back and listen to in some of the previous episodes and to help expand your knowledge base around pleasure. So let's dive into today's interview. I am here with Joanna Shakti 
the soul, love, mentor, and founder of Ecstatic Intimacy. She is smart. She is sexy and a little bit spicy. You can't miss her passion and warm, playful style that both entertains and inspires. No other person on the planet possesses the experience, expertise, and the ability to transform lives in quite the way Joanna does. She artfully and professionally mixes male-female dynamics, leadership training, spiritual awakening, engineering, and even Tantra, along with a whole lot of love to lead singles and couples who hunger for a deeper love and more intimate pleasure to find and create soul-to-soul relationships where the love runs deep and passion stays hot. Hey, Joanna, thanks so much for being here today. Oh, Robin, I am still looking forward to our conversation. I know. I just love talking about pleasure. And as I mentioned before, you know, we're wrapping up our series on pleasure. We actually were giving away a vibrator. So if anybody's listening and wants to enter for a chance to win a Leia to vibrator, we are giving away one, uh, three of them actually from Fun Factory, which is really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I know. I was so excited to be able to do that. So, Joanna, we are here to talk about pleasure and, you know, there's just so much wrapped up in the whole concept of pleasure. Like I know, like from my experience with talking with parents, you know, moms in particular, that whenever I talk about like talking to your daughter about pleasure, it's like it's like like the look of horror that comes across the faces, you know, it's it's almost comical, but, but it's sad, too, because like. Pleasure is like our birthright. And why is it so like uncomfortable? Why are we so ashamed or why are we shamed when we, when we experience pleasure? Oh, such a a deep and powerful question. And oh, why is a big question. (laughs) And to know the absolute answer to that, I will, I won't claim to know the absolute answer. And what I will tell you is the experiences that I have personally had and, and those that I have have witnessed. And there is so much conditioning, particularly in a way I go back to, you know, the, the history of if we're talking American, I know that this isn't just an American audience, but but we can see reflections of this in, in other parts of the world as well. But we were founded on by the Puritans. Mm-hmm. And this idea of uh, this part of our bodies and the pleasure is somehow something that has to be covered up, that it is bad. And the some of it is conditional. Some of it is societal. Some of it is... is um, family and family structures and family belief systems. And what's so important is that we begin to see that we have conditioning that says pleasure is not okay. That we have conditioning that says, oh my God, we can't talk about that. My grandmother, I, oh gosh, I was probably in college and I had said to to my mom, she's like trying to buy towels and washcloths. And I'm like, I don't need a washcloth. I'm like, I just give me towels. I'm good. I don't, I don't like the washcloths. And she told my grandmother and my grandmother went, well, how do you wash down there? 
how do you wash down there if you don't have a, a washcloth? Like it was so bad to touch our own bodies. Right. And so it is this that's been passed down, I believe, you know, generation to generation. And there is also a hunger. If we look at sacred sexuality, Tantra, as it might be called, that was an Eastern set of traditions, but it's come westward. And Tantra isn't actually all about sex, but it is what it's come to be synonymous with in the Americas, because we think this is a way to begin to shift relationship with sex, which it is, but mm-hmm. it's actually an ability to shift relationship with the, the divinity within us. And it doesn't matter what our religion is or, or that we don't have one. There is this essence within us that is this pure expression of love that is this that we feel another when just before they call us or there is some connection that is so wordless. And so it's within all of us. And so the key is to wake up that I have these barriers to pleasure, that it's not okay, that I don't feel like I can talk to my kid about it. Oh my God, what am I going to say? What starts with mom starts mm-hmm. with ourselves. I can't talk to my partner. I will so stand that if you can't talk about sex, don't have sex. Build this relationship with yourself and claim this extraordinary and actually vital, like our sexual energy is our life force energy. It is our creative energy. It is our manifesting energy. And oh, by the way, we get to have pleasure along the way. Mm-hmm. But to build this relationship and recognize that we are not bad and then be able to open up. I I imagine a flower Mm -hmm. opening up to be able to reclaim something that is so precious and give our children, our young adult teen children, the ability to be in relationship with themselves where they don't give themselves away sexually, but it becomes a treasure. Mm-hmm. precious so that they don't have to clean up the hurts and the pains that so many in my generation our generations have had to clean up mm, yeah there's just so much that you said there and uh, I have two nieces who are you know teenagers they both have boyfriends you know it's like they haven't had sex yet but I feel it's coming <laughs> and I'm just like oh yeah it's 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 a little intimidating and at the same time it's like you know you can't stop it and so you want to make sure that you that they're being responsible and i love what you said here about if you can't talk about sex like you shouldn't be having sex like there are so many important conversations that are around sex and you're so right like if you can't talk to your partner about sex about staying safe about pleasure about what you enjoy like this is not going to be a great experience you know it's not going to be as good as it could be well and not and and just to add another thing to that list where our boundaries are yeah what's a a yes and what's a no Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that gets things so muddied for women is there's also and and i'm going to speak predominantly heterosexual right now because it's it's my path mm-hmm. but it's it but everything that i am saying applies regardless of what our our gender uh, where we fall on the gender spectrum what our orientation is mm-hmm. and but those that tend to be feminine and i don't make feminine and masculine equivalent to male and female like they are so very different mm-hmm. 
but speaking in the feminine. If we happen to be in a body that resonates predominantly or vibrates predominantly feminine, there will be a tendency quite often to people please, to try to get love through offering our bodies. And at that point, then we disconnect and we don't have a relationship with our own body. And all of a sudden we wonder why we struggle with pleasure. And so again, this sacred, if we were to talk about a mom, an adult, single or partner, doesn't matter, or a teenager, to recognize that this body is a privilege to get to touch Mm-hmm. And interact with that mm-hmm. we are priceless and we get to say yes or no anytime and that trust of self knowing that we will honor ourselves opens up an entirely new doorway to pleasure and ecstasy yes and you know that tuning in i love you know that's that touching this body is a privilege i mean that's 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 so true. I mean, like when you decide to share your body with another person, it is a, pl- a privilege, you know, and there does need to be respect and the communication, you know, permission, all of this stuff is just so wrapped up. And I think, you know, when you do have a situation where, you know, you do have a couple that's, you know, communicating well, that they're, you know, in sync with each other and, able to have these conversations it's it creates a sense of safety and then from there you know it opens up a whole lot more um ability to you know deepen your connection more intimacy all these different things can you speak to that whole safety piece totally it's huge huge for the feminine i work with a model of masculine needs and feminine needs and safety, the, the sense of safety, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, now and in the future, sets the stage for everything in this masculine-feminine relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that's key is that our partner contributes to that sense of safety. But one of the mistakes that I see a lot of women make is they make the masculine, feminine women make the masculine ultimately responsible for their safety. And at that point, they can never completely actually relax. They can never completely let go of control. They can never completely surrender. And therefore, orgasms can actually be quite elusive. Pleasure can be quite elusive because we actually have to relax to let pleasure come through our body. So understanding and being able to know ourselves and what creates a sense of safety for me and what does my partner contribute to that and can we speak about it? And oh, by the way, that thing where I said, you know, let's add to this list earlier boundaries. Mm -hmm. That ability to set and honor our own boundaries is part of how we set the stage for safety because we'll never be safe. If we say yes, when our answer is truly no, Mm -hmm. or we don't say we're uncomfortable, or we don't say, I want to try something different or a little to the left, whatever it is. So safety is foundational for feminine ecstasy, feminine pleasure, feminine intimacy, 
it's and it's equal actually. We we were just talking in my coach's program yesterday about heart space intimacy versus sexual space intimacy and that there's quite big parallels between masculine and feminine beings. So the masculine heart safety is very similar to the feminine sexual safety. But staying with the idea of sexual safety, it, it is this trust of self that then we can build trust of other on top of that. And that creates a space, the conversations around that create a space where we can set up true safety to go to places we've never gone before, to have experiences we've never had and have ecstasy that we've never had that is so more than just the genitals, but totally the genitals too. But let's bring in the heart and the spirit and the soul and like have full, full being. Body. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Full Pleasure. being. Yes. Yes. Full being versus full body. Mm-hmm. Like that. And, you know, as you're talking, you know, you know, my first thought was like, okay, so if, the, if, if women are like putting like their, their safety into the masculine, like it's like, and then my thought was like, okay, so how can feminine take charge of, you know, creating that safety? And so what you're saying is like, recognize our discomfort, set and honor our boundaries, um, developing that trust in ourself. Are there, are there other things that, that the feminine can do to help create that, you know, or take charge of that? that sense of safety. Yeah. And it's interesting that the, the language that you're using, like uh-huh. take charge is actually language that is more masculine. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's perfect in a way. And I want to speak to it just a little bit and then I'll further answer the question. So the way that, that I facilitate for men and women is to really look at the yin and the yang symbol. Mm-hmm. And that all of us, again, regardless of gender, regardless of orientation, we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. The masculine energy is the directive, assertive, disciplined, focused, take charge, make things happen energy. Mm-hmm. The feminine is the fluid, flowing, creative, expressive, sensual, surrendered, vulnerable energy, mm-hmm. magical energy. It takes both of those in both of us to ignite this attraction and passion. And the ratio, if you will, of those energies is if we look at the two sides of that yin and yang, regardless of the body that we're in, regardless of the lover that we love, whoever is holding that feminine energy, there is the feminine side of the yin yang in the center of that feminine side is a fully enclosed circle of yang masculine energy on the masculine the yang side of that symbol there is a fully enclosed circle of yin in the center of that yang energy so it is within us it is the marriage of the two but what happens quite often is we Overamp our secondary internal energy, or we underamp it and shut it off. And this is where we'll go into nice guy zone, or we'll go into good girl doormat zone, or we'll go into um, where someone might be referred to as the bitch or the, the asshole on the masculine side. So when we get out of sync, we go into territories that's not really fully expressed. But why I wanted to speak to that is as you're saying, how do we take charge? This is the piece 
where we're inviting a feminine being, I'm going to use woman in this case, to know that she has to have that circle of yang energy in her beingness. That is where boundaries are set. Boundaries are an expression of the masculine. The, the yes or no, the commitment to self is an expression of the masculine. And when she holds that, then she can get access to her sensuality. Then she can get access to her surrender. Then she can choose a partner consciously that will enhance that safety that she's already creating for herself. So I always watch because a lot of conditioning in our culture and our society for women to overamp that masculine. I got it. I'm taking charge. I'm safe. But here's the thing. I ask women all the time, if you're totally in charge, like you want him to contribute to your safety, but you are running the show. You are making sure that everything happens. You've got it. You are safe. You are protected and you don't need him. How much opportunity does he have to contribute to your safety? If you've managed everything. Right. And so we cut off the very thing that we want. So it's learning to dance this dance. We're not abandoning the masculine, but we don't have to overuse it either so that we can come back into the extraordinary nature of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's that having an authentic relationship with our young, our masculine, our boundaries. So to, to complete the answer to your question, it is the, also the place where we know ourselves. Like I know my needs, my wants, my desires, my turn-ons, my turn-offs, what has to happen before, what has to happen afterwards. I'm confident to have a, an STD conversation. I am confident to share my discomfort. So building confidence in ourselves and then knowing that we will act on it and express it creates so much power, so much trust of self and therefore so much safety that then he can actually contribute to. And what it might, what might it look like when he's contributing? Yeah, so when he's contributing... One of the biggest things that a feminine woman longs for from a masculine partner is presence. Like, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I see you. I open my eyes from a pleasure moment and your eyes are with mine. If I seem to be pulling away for whatever reason, he can feel it because he's present there. Are, so that's the number one thing. Like I'm um, here. If the masculine goes all over here into his body, and again, I'm using masculine or male, female pronouns right now, but going into his body and being quote unquote self-absorbed in my own pleasure, there's no way that she's going to feel safe, safe in that because he's not with her. He's right. over here. And this is where the yin energy within, within him comes in. That's the connecting energy. It's the slower, softer energy. It's the tenderness. And it doesn't mean if we say tenderness, there isn't ravishing, hot passion. But it's the ability to be with her heart. Mm 
-hmm. And so he has to have that yin space open that allows him to connect with her in a heart space and while holding that masculine presence. And this is why, again, the two energies in both create the environment for ecstasy. Mm, that sounds amazing. So let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, let's talk some more about ecstasy and pleasure. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for understanding female pleasure today. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So, Joanna, I know. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about ecstasy and, you know, pleasure. And I know, so we talked a little bit about shame, but I know that sometimes, like, we prevent ourselves from experiencing pleasurable things. Like, sometimes we have blocks to this kind of stuff. And so, I want to talk about like some of the things that get in the way of us allowing ourselves to relax and surrender and, and having these, you know, pleasurable or ecstatic experiences. Awesome. So yeah, there are several things that can show up and and block our pleasure. And one, what we were just talking about before the break, one is, you know, not trusting, not trusting, not trusting ourselves, not trusting our partner. So one of the first things is really to build the relationship with ourselves in that trust. And then it's looking at like our beliefs are the thing that define our life. We have to live our lives in accordance with our beliefs. So I grew up, I'll just use myself as an example. I grew up conservative family in the Midwest at a, a grandfather that was a Lutheran minister and um, also had another relative that had wandering hands. And so I developed a whole lot of beliefs about pleasure and sexuality. And yet I would wonder, <laughs> I remember talking to my sister at one point and I'm like, why do I keep attracting all the sexually repressed men? And I was like, I want it. I'm open to it. I I could visualize it, but I couldn't actually allow it. As I discovered years later, once I started to really step in and look at what is my conditioning? What are my beliefs? Because there was this idea of good girls don't. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And there was this idea of damned if you do and damned if you don't. And there was the idea of, you know, touching yourself. And what did that mean? And was that weird? And was it, you know, and sometimes it's getting in a relationship with ourselves that we actually discover some of what feels good to us, as well as having the capacity to pleasure ourselves when our partners aren't available. But we may have conditioning depending on our, um, the environment that we have been in that says that's not okay. So a huge piece of, of the work that I do is around our belief systems and then our expectations of ourselves and others. You know, this one sounds like a funny one, but we'll live in accordance to it is that there was a belief that I held that sex was done when the man orgasmed. So if I'm struggling to express my pleasure, I'm struggling to have my pleasure, I'm tired and I'm kind of just doing this because, you know, good partners, whatever. And that's a belief in and of itself. Oh, good partners do this. You know, I should do this. My partner should do that. And so, you know, take the belief of it's done when he orgasms. So if I decide that I'm done, instead of saying, you know what, I'm feeling complete right now which is self-honor and self-expression, I might go, you know, I might do whatever I can to get him to his orgasm, but it's actually inauthentic because I'm not telling the truth about my own experience. And he doesn't get, like, conscious, mature men will want, when we can have these kinds of conversations, they will want us to have what we want because then we will show up and they are pleasured by our pleasure. Mm -hmm. Masculine men are pleasured by our pleasure. And so we will honor ourselves. They will be, and then that creates a space where we can actually show up and have pleasure. They're like all in, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, all in. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this showing up and removing the blocks, I work with people on a path and the, the quote unquote destination although it's never really an end point, is the ecstasy of life and love and lovemaking. Mm-hmm. And, but to get to that ecstasy, we have to have a level of intimacy. I have to let you see into me and I have to be willing to look into you and see you and have this dance of honor. And oh, by the way, when our needs or desires conflict, how do we work with that so that we become closer and not further apart because, oh, by the way, in relationship, another b- huge block for couples is unspoken upsets. If there are unspoken upsets, we, not only do we say, no, I'm not interested in sex tonight, eventually we'll say, I don't even know if I'm in love with you anymore. Right. So our ability to handle conflict and be able to express ourselves is absolutely foundational to the quality of our sex lives. And I see couple after couple after couple think those are so completely separate and they are so completely tied together. So the ecstasy builds on the intimacy, but we can't have the intimacy without the authenticity. And that's the self-relationship. I know who I am, what I want, what my needs are, what my boundaries are. I know what they are. I'm willing to ask for them and I'm willing to stand for them while still honoring you. And it is that point where we can actually trust. So the the relationship with self, which believe me, I was in resistance to. I'm like, what? I have so much to love to give and I am a great lover and I don't need to know that and I'll figure it out while he's pleasuring me. I'll figure out what I want. 
but it doesn't work. Like to, to move through the blocks, we have to have ecstatic authenticity. It feels good to be me and I'm no longer willing to twist myself into a pretzel, settle or sell myself out for anybody or anything. And that sets up intimacy and that sets up ecstasy. Yeah, they have to be real, you know? Totally. Yeah, it's got to be real. So, you know, and, and you mentioned sexual abuse too, and I had made a note here to talk about, you know, ask you about like how the sexual abuse impacts the safety piece because I know it does. And I would love to just kind of, you know, spend a little time talking about that because I know that, you know, as we're trying to create safety to, you know, to remove these blocks, you know, having experiences of sexual abuse can definitely impact relationships and your ability to feel safe, your ability to be intimate with a partner. And so I'd love to just kind of touch on, you know, the impact that sexual abuse has and all that and, you know, how people can maybe, you know, work through some of these, you know, maybe not so positive impacts that we've experienced as a result. Huge, hugely important topic. And it exists on so many levels beyond, I think, what what many realize. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this relationship with self and coming into a place regardless of how that abuse was experienced and, and absolutely like therapeutic intervention and, and support of being able to work through whatever has happened is so important. And in that process, we're rebuilding the relationship with ourselves. We're rebuilding trust with ourselves. We're rebuilding trust with life. And that is a piece that, again, is so important for us to come into that space of love and honor and protection of self but the per- and the protection of self coming because we trust ourselves to step back in where we don't have to, we realize that we can drop some of the walls that maybe we picked up, that I can open up step by step and moment by moment because that's really key. Like in this whole journey, it's always step-by-step, moment-by-moment, and that's amplified exponentially when we've got any kind of violation that we have experienced. And that includes the places where we've said yes when the truth was no. And I want to just include that because Again, this play for me, and and again, I've witnessed this, is where we have actually been cruel to ourselves when we didn't really want to have sex and we said yes. Mm -hmm. So I put this in this category of violation. Mm -hmm. And so tenderness. And to recognize the wholeness that exists within us, regardless of what has happened to us, that the divinity, the light, the love, the wholeness, that we are complete, we're fully lovable, and that is all journey of self. 
And that kind of tender love of self can begin to allow us to open up. And it's also the place where we have to have access to that young. That if our partner starts to, something starts to arise. There were many times that early on for me and well before I, I started on this journey, but if my breast was touched in a way that just reminded me of something, then I would be, I would start to pull back. And so to be able to go, oh, oh, okay, I need, I need a moment here. I need to just be with me for a moment. And then I can feel into what do I need next? And it's the honor of self. And now that doesn't happen for me after having come into this relationship with self in a way that, that I didn't. I, if we talk about self-love, which I break down into something much more tangible, but if I just say generically self-love right now, there was none here early on. And now to have this knowing that going back to um, the privilege that this body is a treasure, that this body is sacred, that it is a privilege that allows an entirely different way of showing up. And I wouldn't choose a partner who didn't recognize that it is a privilege to be with this body. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of like, you know, viewing your body as a treasure, you know, that there's, that there's something magical, that there's something valuable, that there's something worth preserving the sacred about, you know, that like, you know, it's like, yeah, your body is a treasure. It is sacred. And, you know, the fact that you're deciding to share your body with somebody really does mean something, you know, like people, there's, there's so many different ways to exchange energy and, you know, like, I have a very scientific mind. And so I'm like, okay, when you kiss somebody, like you're taking on their flora and fauna, not only are you taking on their energy, but you're taking on the bacteria in their mouth, you know, like all of this stuff. And so it's like, you know, like how into this person are you really? Like not only are you going to like give your of yourself to them, give your energy to them, receive their energy, but you're also going to like exchange, you know, the flora and fauna. <laughs> of each other's bodies too. And, you know, and having enough respect for yourself to be like, you know, like, is this person like, do I, are they worthy of me? Not to like say that somebody is or isn't worthy, but you know, like, is this person right for me? Is this person like good and kind? Are they going to treat me the way I want to be treated? And, you know, and having enough self-knowledge to be like, this is how I want to be treated to know that. Well, and, and like, and I have so many thoughts, they all want to come out at the same time, but recognizing like, yes, like, and, and as a woman in our sexuality, we are actually entering, we are letting them into our body. Mm -hmm. And so it is energetically, it is physical. And is this someone who like, Hormonally, we have bonding connections that happen in our sexuality. And is this someone that I want to very often, like the bonding hormones, then we're going to want to spend time around that person. And is that person going to want to spend time around us? Or are we going to create heartfelt struggle 
because we don't have what we desire after sex. Mm-hmm. Sex is not just about what happens. Lovemaking is not just about what happens during the act. It's what happens before and it's what happens afterwards that creates our entire experience. And so is this someone that I want to have that dance with? And it doesn't say you can't have a one night stand. It's the invitation to really check in with self. Is this in alignment with my soul? Is this in alignment with my truth? Is this what I truly desire? And then holding that. And I also just wanted to throw in, and it is respect for, as you said, it's the respect for self. And there's a Sanskrit word for vagina. And that Sanskrit word for vagina is yoni. Mm -hmm. And it means sacred space. And so I have a sacred space in my body. Who do I choose? And choose is a key word. Mm -hmm. So often we can go on autopilot. And when we're on autopilot, the idea of self-respect, self-honor, self-love, self-care doesn't always show up in the equation. So who is it? that I want to let into my body, into my sacred space. And what's it like if I treat it as sacred? And what is it like if I only open it to someone who treats it as sacred? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's so, so powerful. And, you know, how you were talking, you know, earlier, how, so, I mean, there's so many times as I was growing up, you know, I have a, a history of sexual abuse myself and, there have been times that I can think of, you know, where I was engaging in sex when, you know, if I had been more in tune with myself, it would have been a no. And so many times, you know, just going along with it, you know, this kind of thing. And it's, yeah, I mean, I you know I was never taught that, you know, that you can have boundaries or that you can, you know, feel into that or to, you know, like take responsibility for my own pleasure or, you know, like really tune into like how I felt about a person or a sexual encounter or, you know, even individual sexual encounters, you know, like when I was married and this kind of stuff, you know, it's like sometimes I was having sex when I didn't want to. And, you know, I think that, you know, that there's, that there's a lot to be said in that. So I'm really glad that, you know, that you brought up that, you know, that these are, you know, violations, you know, even when we say yes, when we mean no, that it's still a violation. It, 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 our body and our bodies eventually don't trust us. Our mm-hmm. bodies don't trust us. And then we can't get access to our pleasure again because our, we have to be in relationship to our body. And I'm glad that you brought it back up because it is probably one of the things that breaks my heart the most mm-hmm. is that dishonor of self. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it, that, you know, go back to earlier in the conversation about moms and daughters. If we could impart one thing at that point is to be in relationship with yourself and know that no boy no man, no peer pressure is worth giving up ourselves ever. And to hold that, yes, I am allowed to say no anytime. Not only am I allowed, it is 
it is inherent that I say no. And what can happen so often is the judgment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm to this. We judge it ourselves. Oh, I'm to this. If I say no to that, then, you know, who am I? And I don't want to be the good girl or I don't, you know, or like the amount of self-judgment that used to be here is so, it was so big. And those were the kinds of things that said, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you willing? Just go for it. Just go along with it. What do you mean you want to have a, we want to wait a month before you have sex? Like, what, like, just be a free woman. And so then I would do things that, you know, weren't in alignment, weren't congruent. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so this is, I truly believe that if women were in, in heterosexual relationships, or any relationship, I'll put it this way, any relationship where there is a a feminine being, that if we took responsibility for being in absolute authenticity, being in honor of ourselves, and trusting ourselves, trusting our intuition, trusting our gut, the entire sexual dynamic between men and women would be supported at an entirely new level of changing. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. That could be very profound. I think it's really important. And, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that the Me Too movement and there aren't men who have unconsciously done all kinds of things. We are in a massive cleanup process, yeah. massive cleanup process. One of the things that I struggle in that process is that we've tended to make it all about the men. Mm-hmm. In a lot of the, the conversations that I've had and a lot of the spaces that, that I've witnessed or even held is that there's a lot of judgment towards the, the masculine and the men. Mm-hmm. And they hold an incredible amount of shame for their brothers, quote unquote, mm-hmm. who have done things that are unconscionable. Mm-hmm. And they are not the only part. They are not the only piece of the puzzle. Right. And when we will both stand together and say, I'm going to hold my part of this. I'm going to hold a level of respect for self and other. Then we've got the possibility to go to places we've never gone before. Absolutely. And I think a big part of that is, you know, how, how we talk to and educate our kids. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I was speaking with a, um, a gentleman. Well, I've actually spoken with several gentlemen that have in one way or another had, I can think of an event where I was tr- teaching um, 12 years ago, 15, oh, might've been close to 20 years ago, that it was a, a course on feminine sensuality and sexuality, awakening the feminine. And I, it would happen to be an environment where men and women could show up and actually more men showed up than women, at, at least initially. And then it leveled out. But I was like, wow, the number of men that came to that space. And there was a young man there that he said at the end, as I talked about these masculine and feminine energies, he said, I grew up in an environment where men were were the assholes yeah and i was ashamed to be a man 
I did everything to model my mother and to model the feminine because I didn't want to be one of them. Mm -hmm. And now you've given me permission to, to wake up to the fullness of who I am and be who I truly am. And I don't have to carry the shame anymore. Mm, yeah, actually, as you were saying, telling that story, it reminds me of a similar story that we had on one of our other interviews with Dustin Garrick. You know, he said where he went like so far into the feminine and then later realized that he needed to f- come back to balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so much so. And I love Dustin's work as well. And, and it is, it's to give permission and, and, Men and women, both masculine and feminine, we've, we've got our dance to come back to who, who we truly are. Mm-hmm. And that, but the opportunity for the recognition that men have been shamed in so many ways. And we have been shamed as women. So we're not alone. It's just beginning to have the conversations. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Talk about it as a collective, but then talk about it in our individual relationships. What is the conditioning and how can we together, there's an incredible force of sexual healing when we begin to bring sacredness to our lovemaking. And again, I always say when I talk about this, when we bring sacred, so many people go, oh, it's going to be slow and it's going to be boring and it's going to be, and I can't, like, no, you can have the most passionate, alive, raw sex but held in the container of sacredness where we can evolve our, each of our capacities for sexual pleasure. Cause we all have our pleasure boundaries too. Mm-hmm. Like how much pleasure am I actually capable of holding? And it can be an environment that is profoundly awakening, nourishing, healing that we can do in our relationships when we can talk about, our shame, when we can talk about our beliefs, when we can talk about the truth of who we are and both our desires and our fears. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I would like to talk more about awakening the feminine. Mm. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for understanding female pleasure today. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So, Joanna, you mentioned awakening the feminine. And, you know, since this is our wrapping up here of our conversation all about pleasure, I would like to talk more about pleasure and how we can get more of it. Like orgasmic pleasure and all that good stuff. Because, you know, we've been talking about sex. So let's talk about like 
how can we, you know, wake up the female body and, you know, like achieve some of these, you know, like mind expanding, you know, whole body, you know, being, you know, orgasmic uh, ecstasy kinds of experiences. Yeah. So first and foremost, because so many people will come with that question. How do I get yes. better pleasure? How do I be a better lover? How do I get more access to my orgasms? Yes. So I am going to speak to some of this. And the context that we've been talking about through this whole conversation is that we have to be in a relationship with self in order to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to speak of awakening in this aspect of awakening in our bodies, our femininity, our sensuality, our pleasure capacity. And so one of the pieces of that first part of the journey, the ecstatic authenticity coming into relationship with self is to discover which energy is actually my predominant energy? Is feminine energy or masculine energy my predominant energy? My experience in the world is that the vast majority of females have predominant masculine energy. The ma vast majority of males have predominant masculine energy. However, that is not always the case. Sometimes it is reversed and sometimes there's truly a neutral where it's equally arousing and energetic on, on either direction. So first and foremost in this authenticity is to discover what's my sexual essence? Like, am I predominantly feminine? And I can tell you, we didn't talk about my story, but just two sentences. I was an electrical engineer in the oil and gas and high-tech industries of Houston, Texas in the good old boy network in the 90s. Hmm. I was as masculine as you could be. And I thought that's who I was. Mm -hmm. I thought that was my energy. Now, I also knew I was attracted to masculine men and I would ask, where are all the strong men? Right. But in order to be able to attract those strong men, I had to stop outmanning the men, which was something I was proud of doing. Mm -hmm. So this was part of my own, like I had all kinds of judgments about the feminine. And most of the women that I work with, we've been conditioned to think that the feminine is bad. So here, the feminine is the gateway to our ecstasy and our pleasure, but we've been told and conditioned that the feminine is weak and pathetic and, and doormat, and she's going to be um, overpowered. And so we've got to, you know, take on this masculine power. So first and foremost, we got to come back to our, our essential nature. And then to, once we realize, and this is one of the things that I help women with is to find that nature. And I got to help the men too, because they get confused as well. But a woman discovers I truly am feminine. Now we've got to remove the beliefs. And then we begin to practice. What does it feel like to be feminine? But this is not a pretend, put on a facade and try to be feminine. This is to remove everything that has been a barrier, an obscuration, a mask over top, armor over top of the innate feminine. I put a mask of feminine on, oh, this is how you do feminine, which is not oh, wait, what we're talking about. So we remove this stuff and then there is this ability to feel sensuality, to connect with the senses is one of the most powerful gateways into our femininity. So slowing down, softening, and these will bring up all kinds of beliefs of like no way, 
we got to work with that. So we're starting mm-hmm. to practice, but now we got to work with the mindset that shows up, the fears of the judgments that show up so that we can come in because the most extraordinary ecstasy, like I've had the most powerful orgasms in absolute stillness. And that seems crazy to most women mm-hmm. and most men, but it's that we can feel on such a deeper level and it's energetic more than it is friction. And to open and bring our heart and our sex to unite heart and sex and let our soul, let our spirit lead. That's whole being lovemaking. And it feels mind blowing. Mm-hmm. So what are like some of the first steps that people can, you know, do to like, because I mean, I guess if, if we're, uh, if we're all stuck in the masculine here. <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is like, okay, first we have to realize that we're stuck in the masculine and then spend some time like looking at our beliefs and exploring our more feminine aspects of our nature, which is not pretending it's, it's more diving in and really examining and exploring, um, you know, removing the mask, getting under that armor and that sort of stuff. And so that's kind of like where we're starting. It it sounds like it might be a little messy. (laughs) It can be because another part of this is embracing our vulnerability, embracing surrender because we, to get to an orgasm, to get to an orgasm that is mind blowing. We've got to let the body relax. We've got to let the pleasure take us. And so, yeah, sometimes it can be messy, but oh my God, it can be extraordinary. Yes. And, mm-hmm. it's, and, it's a, and I, I said earlier, step by step, moment by moment, the people who work with me know that I will constantly say, baby step after baby step after baby step will take you so far so fast. Mm-hmm rather than trying to shove this and push it and we'll end up going the other direction. And so it is feeling, we wanna reconnect with our feeling body, reconnect with our heart, reconnect with our sensuality. And that begins to open the way, open the door to pleasure. Like we speak with pleasure, we move with pleasure. It's actually when we really get into ecstatic ecstasy, it becomes pleasurable just to be and then it gets amplified so it's getting back in our bodies like that's what another huge piece of this because sensuality is experienced in the body so that's like the number one gateway once we realize we're feminine once we start to move the beliefs now it's being in connection with the experience of the body and the sensuality and you know when you say like a static ecstasy like can you define that for people like I mean I, I it brings a, a vision for me and so I'm curious like what it what kind of vision it brings for you it's the place where we get to live life our love our relationships and our love making take our breath away they are the moments that where time stands still they're the moments that we have a hard time describing They are the moments of, I had no idea it could be this way. It's, yeah, it's the timeless, breathless, wordless, infinite 
amazing life, amazing relationship, and amazing lovemaking. Like, how does it, how do we have best evers in our whole life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as, so let's just say like as say an individual, somebody who's not partnered, if they wanted to start this journey on their own, what would like, where, what would you suggest like, you know, for someone to start Would they like get a book? Do you have a book? How do I actually, <laughs> I think you do have a book, don't you? No, I don't. No, you don't. Oh, okay. I was thinking uh, you do, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, the truth is, <laughs> The singles have the advantage. Like, right. This is so much easier. And I work with uh, a huge number of singles because if we can, we can open into what we've been talking about here, mm-hmm. then who gets attracted into your life is entirely different. Yeah. And so I always say to the singles, like, oh, let go of the old beliefs, come into that felt sense, the ecstatic authenticity of self and you will automatically be magnetic to the Mm -hmm. ones who are the fit for you so Mm -hmm. whether you're single or partnered there are multiple ways that you can begin this journey and on my website a couple of the great ways to begin the journey are the soulful lover quiz which walks through six different areas of relating. And each of those, then we take the the six scores and we bring them into really looking at, am I in this friendly and fizzled or am I in hot and happy or am I somewhere in between? And so to really look at, and then we get these insights into how we're showing up and it can begin to, to show us a roadmap. And the second thing that somebody could get off of the, the website is a jumpstart kit that mm-hmm. looks at the masculine and feminine dynamics that looks at some of the mistakes. There's a singles version and a, and a couple's version that really lays out this roadmap of self being this authenticity, other partnership relating, and then the unity, the ecstasy, the reverence of that ecstatic ecstasy part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my follow-up question, you know, for somebody who is partnered, you know, like, where would you begin this? Because I do feel like it's probably a little bit more complicated because you, you know, you got to like do your own stuff and then also, you know, have the conversations with your partner and, and this kind of stuff and figure out how to move forward into this brave new world as a couple. Absolutely. And it's honestly the same place because all the stories, all the beliefs, both partners brought them into relationship. Both partners have the dynamic of where they talk and where they don't talk. And so to come into that place of wholeness. And what's beautiful is in the first part of the journey, this path, as I've described it, is self-relating and uniting or authenticity, intimacy, ecstasy, that even though we're focusing on self or authenticity, we often see ourselves through the lens of relating. And even when we get over here where we're looking at relating in partnership, we can't lose ourselves or the relationship isn't authentic. So whether we are in a relationship or not, if we start over here with self 
and we look at self through the lens of relating, we're going to get way better at the relating. So we're going to build. And then what's actually beautiful is I move through this and I look at self and then I look at relating and then I look at ecstasy. And now I can move back through that path again at a whole different level. And there's even more ecstasy and even more intimacy and even more authenticity, which means then there's more intimacy. And so we just keep to up leveling and up leveling. And this is how we expand and expand and expand the pleasure boundaries, whether Mm. we're in a relationship or looking for one. All right. So basically, there's a spiral that we can get on and we just keep, you know, cycling through it and growing and learning and expanding and getting better and better and better all the time. Absolutely. Just like a fine wine. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Practice makes perfect, right? (laughs) You know, and you've, you've talked a lot about, you know, and I've heard other, you know, experts talking about this. Um. Talking about like surrendering or relaxing into an orgasm. And I know for many people, in order to achieve orgasm, there's this buildup of sexual tension until the point of where they finally climax. And so I feel like, like there's, I don't know, maybe there's two different worlds of orgasm. Like there's the tense up and like, ah, release. And then there's this pleasure building that I don't know I think it probably takes longer to kind of build up and then there's these orgasmic sensual experiences that happen and so um can you like talk a little bit about that you know because like I feel like there's like two different worlds like they're like oh relax into it and you'll experience these amazing experiences versus the reality that so many people have of needing to build up that sexual tension in order to like get to that climax Yeah, and it really is. It's a blend. We can use both. Like we can raise the tension and then relax into it. it, But if we really look at the full expression of pleasure, a lot of times it's the energetic waves. Mm -hmm. If it's all tension, then it's tense and then crash. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we can realize the capacity of the body to allow the sexual energy to flow through us, we will have a deeper experience that is beginning to encompass the whole body and the whole being as opposed to let's peak and crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense too. Cause um, as you're talking about that, you know, like the peak and crash, I'm like, Oh, you like, you just depleted the energy. And then it feels like if you're, going through like you're building up you're relaxing you know you're kind of like this ebb and flow it feels like like you're actually maybe cultivating and generating that energy and so like there's like a more of a buildup of the energy and it doesn't feel at least as i imagine it doesn't feel as depleting as like that fast and furious build up to orgasm and now let's roll over and go to sleep well and the depleting is is really common with the masculine really with the masculine and and orgasmic energy can be energizing for the the feminine and we can also have that it's the hypersensitivity that also comes with that peaking Mm -hmm. so we want to relax into being able to have multiple orgasms is another when we don't go into that hypersensitive space And so it's interesting, as you describe it, there is a way of of the crashing that is actually expressive of more of that masculine reach, the destination, drives the goal, have this tense orgasm. 
as opposed to the sensual waves of bliss that become available when we expand and deepen in the energy. Wow. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joanna. It's been a real pleasure, you know, having this conversation with you all about pleasure. And um, I think you mentioned it, but um, we do have, you mentioned that you wanted to give away your ecstasy intimacy jumpstart kit. And I think maybe you alluded to it here just a few moments ago, but do you want to tell people about it real quick? Yeah, absolutely. I did uh, allude to it. It's just the, it's the best way to get started to really look at the different dynamics in more depth that what we've been exploring here. And so singles version, couples version, and they walk through explorations of what's happening in the bedroom. There's questions about these conscious masculine and feminine, just to be able to look at these on deeper levels, as well as as a roadmap that walks you through the path that we've been talking about here. And so that you can see this in your own life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joanna. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Oh, Thank you, Robin. Thank you for what you're up to. And my pleasure. So happy that this is getting spread in the world. Yes. And everybody, you know, don't forget, go over to my website and sign up for a chance to win that Leia 2 vibrator. We got, we're going to give away three and uh, time's running out. So yeah, go over there and sign up. And um, yeah, it's been so awesome having you on the show today. Thank you so much, Joanna. You're so welcome. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.